Welcome to the Testing Peers podcast. This week, we're going to talk about personal development that we call on ourselves. And I'm going to introduce you to our podcast members. Welcome, Chris. Hello. David. Hello. Simon. Hello. And I'm Russell. I want to quickly say thank you to our sponsors, Saffron QA, who are a provider of recruitment and consultancy services exclusively for the software testing industry. More details will be able to be found on our show notes. So what's the banter this week, Chris? Well, I was thinking, looking at my children, about how presently they're actually learning a lot and they're coming home with a great deal of enthusiasm. Say, for example, they've just learned there are eight planets in the solar system and they, they want to tell you all the facts. And the first thing you say is, well, when I was a child, son, there were nine planets in the solar system. Maybe I didn't receive that very well, but they're at a point in their lives when they're actively learning stuff and they're really enthusiastic and they want to share those things with us. And that sort of childlike enthusiasm is kind of something that we look for in development. And I wonder if you've ever had any time in your life when you've been constantly learning something that you find so interesting, aside from the software testing stuff that we will touch on shortly, that you've just wanted to tell everybody about these things, regardless of whether they really care. I'm thinking a lot about, you know, siblings and parents and stuff who maybe aren't really interested in the latest Peterborough United signing, Simon. Yes. I think this this kind of links back to the passion that we talked about in a few episodes ago because I did that with football, with Premier League football in the mid-90s. I literally would spend every waking minute that I wasn't doing a schoolwork either reading magazines like Match and Shoot or watching stuff, watching Match Today, finding anything I could out about football and remembering score lines, remembering scorers, just for that trivia moment that one day I might have to sit there in a pub quiz and tell you who scored the fourth goal when Leicester beat Chelsea in 95 or something. That's one example that comes to mind where I was actively craving to find out more and like you say, you try and tell people and they weren't particularly interested, but that didn't seem to deter me. I can't think of many examples where I have had times in my life where I've really wanted to sort of share my knowledge with other people. Again, we've mentioned on teaching before, you know, that is part of teaching really is trying to enthuse kids who may not necessarily enjoy the science that you're actually doing. However, one part of the teaching is trying to get them used to actually doing it and understanding so trying to use everyday examples that they can understand that makes it accessible to them and that's vitally important part of my teaching style and passing information on is always trying to make it relevant to the actual person and use everyday examples like we do in this podcast like chris's and simon's examples of football it's always good to have it relate to Having said that, there is one thing that I do enjoy and I've always enjoyed since I started out was DNA and understanding how from a simple code, you can get the whole universe basically and real life and how it's all built up. And also the way that science sort of, it isn't just the three sciences, they're all interlinked. Interesting. Um, from my perspective, I guess I struggled to pick a good example, but the one I can think of is... Um, I had a, a car, an AC Cobra, and I wouldn't shut up about it, but not when it was working well. I managed to break a water pump on it um, by shearing a bolt, 
because I over tightened it and I spent the next nine months fixing it and talking a lot about fixing it uh, means taking the engine out um you know engine hoists the kind of reworking it drilling out kind of um the engine itself all that sort of work and i and i talked very passionately about all the experiments i did in order to try and figure out how to get a bit of seized metal out of an engine block so i think my friends around that time they learned a lot about how to solve those problems whether they wanted to or not have they retained that knowledge? Have they spoken about it since? No, I think maybe they're scarred. I could be wrong. <laughs> I've had jokingly people talk about the time when we tried to put the engine back in, and that didn't go so well, where I was telling a friend to just ram it in, just ram it in there. Wouldn't go in because it wasn't really aligned with the clutch plate and other things, so I managed to break it a bit further. <laughs> but I've learned more about engines now by doing that experiment and breaking it than I ever would have by just looking at a book. So... And so of other people. It's interesting, isn't it? I think my mum liked to tell me that when I was in my sort of obsessive phases of various things, be it football or wrestling or Marvel characters, I would obsessively write down lists of things, write down statistics of things. I learned an entire two sets of decks of Marvel characters on top trumps. I learned every single stat off by heart. And to the point where if I was playing somebody, I knew what cards they had and I could work out how to beat them. Because I just I knew every single stat what they were up to. Kind of ruined the game, surely. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't very fun to play against in Top Trumps. What I developed there was a skill and a love of statistics, which has, remains with me to this day. There's a lot of statistics that I actively hate. There's a lot of core statistics that I've always thought I really enjoy. That be that things that are in Football Manager, when you can see how many players have played, how they participated in things. All those sorts of things, which there are now like optus statistics and things, but for real people, that's less interesting. It was an early development of passion for sort of numbers and stats and patterns and things, which has stuck with me to this day. So that's actually really interesting. And it leads into our main topic of conversation. So you had that interest and you wrote lists in order to learn information and also statistics as well for the Peterborough United and for me DNA you know reading around the subjects sort of gives you things so what have we done in our professional lives to enhance our own personal development in test? I think to start with my testing career was very much not about development it wasn't even about being a profession it was about earning money playing computer games and I didn't really understand the structures of these things and I didn't have a manager that cared about me as long as I turned up and did whatever I was supposed to do. And so I wasn't really aware that such a thing as professional development, personal development existed. And it wasn't until I worked somewhere where they actually asked me to come up with goals and things that I would like to do to even have a way of, in this case, earning a bonus. Again, something I've not had before in my life. The, the weird thing for that was I didn't, know where to go I, I, I literally I knew I'd heard of ISEB I'd heard of Scrum Master certifications I'd heard of doing SQL certifications and so those are the three things I put on the table because quite frankly I did, didn't know that I could develop personally and I didn't have an understanding of the software testing community or any of these lovely things that we talk about very often now and it was only through putting those things on the table and being questioned as to how that would actually be useful and being given various pointers by my manager about where to even look 
to even start to think about what it was I would like to do. In a very long way of answering your question, David, I've begun with a nice big monologue. Always. I had started in a team that had automation going on, and I just sort of started writing the scripts as instructed. And in the end, what happened was I went off to a test automation summit. And from there, I started to network with people who talked about automation. You looked at structures, you looked at the way you do naming conventions and all these sorts of things. And that is actually where it began for me. I kind of thought that was the only thing I would do for the rest of my life, which clearly didn't happen. But that was a journey that took in in testing that took me like eight years. Yeah, I can relate. When I first became a QA engineer, after I'd switched over from development, been Scrum Master and whatever else, although I'd made the switch, there wasn't necessarily a training plan or anything for me to get up to speed. And I, like you, ended up working for someone who became a very good mentor overall for testing, but he was very focused on automation. So I just chipped in with writing Perl scripts in the framework that he developed for the new product that we were testing. And I generally felt that my development probably for the first three years as a tester was very much plateau. And I was just churning out the scripts, doing the next release, not really getting time to learn new stuff. There wasn't the concept of webinars and whatever else to go and watch or listen to. We went to SIGIST occasionally, a few of us. There was a couple of really enthusiastic testers that we'd spend time talking about testing, but there wasn't really that external community to feel. You really did feel like everything you did within the company was the way everyone did testing elsewhere. So there really wasn't that understanding of where the ceiling was and how you could move forward. It wasn't until... I discovered the Ministry of Testing, I discovered Test Bash, and I learned there were opportunities to grow. And then my development started because I started learning stuff about different concepts of testing. I started writing the blog in 2010, had a couple of my very early testing posts that were um, constructively criticized by um, some members of the testing community that I really I took to heart. And then I had to actually learn about why they'd been constructively criticized in that way and how I could improve that, and that helped me self-develop. And I used my blog to develop myself because I'd read books. My first blogs I started writing were about Scrum and about distributed Scrum. I used that book to then write my thoughts on the books and how I could apply it in my role. And then I started talking about you know how you could improve communications across continents, budding up and all that kind of stuff. And then I moved into talking about testing, and it was just those. My blog was my self-development to start with, and then I started doing more courses and got the enthusiasm for wanting to learn more. And it really took me to get to that point of having that enthusiasm and thirst for learning to learn more, to then be able to go ahead and start start driving forward. So for me, I happened to fall into testing, as we discussed before, in that the companies I'd worked for, I wasn't really seen as the dedicated tester. It was part of my role, except unfortunately, it's, that company was changing the way it was working I knew that I was becoming made redundant or you know I wanted to prove myself as a tester so actually what I did was I got my qualification for the ISTQB foundation because while I was looking for jobs at that particular stage that was one of the prerequisites for a lot of the jobs was you need to show that you've got this qualification and so it was a sort of a, a line in the sand of I've decided at this point to become a tester and I need to prove myself for these particular things, especially since I hadn't had tester in my title for all the jobs I've done before. And also not coming from the computer science background or 
having a developer role, I was a biologist. And so therefore I had to sort of prove myself in that IT environment. So I thought that was the best way to actually start that process in doing that. And then once I got into that particular position, it was still another couple of years before I got introduced to the Ministry of Test and various meetups. But I certainly encourage that. Unfortunately, kids get in the way, so you can't always go to all the ones that you want to and spend all the time to. They are there and I will always encourage others to go on those as well. Makes sense. Definitely agree with that. Um, my story is similar to David's. I was the kind of the only person there, so I kind of had to learn. If I didn't learn, no one was going to teach me. So it was about proactivity. You had to go out there, you had to read things, you had to look for training materials, online courses, in-person courses. I assume my company wouldn't pay for much to start with, but actually they were really good at it. So they sent me on to the um, ISTQBs and things. That built confidence up. And it built the kind of knowledge of what you're doing. I then coached people on my team that then built confidence further. And then just continued learning by all the means I think all of you have mentioned, sort of blogs, going to conferences, uh, doing some learning sort of thing, pointing directions from managers. So I got a long time spent learning SQL and um, SQL databases because I was mentored by a guy who was a DBA for a while. So guess what? He told me what he knew. It is interesting because... To me, what's always driven me, I think, is that necessity. Needing to solve a problem drives me to go out and find out how to do it. So testing as a concept originally, then it was kind of automation to a degree. I think we were trying to use fitness or something, I think, originally back in the day, but so long ago, I forget. Those things drove my learning. And then I got to the point where actually I realized how I learned from the community. Therefore, I wanted to give back to the community, which brings us to where we are today, this podcast mm -hmm. and other things, really. But I think it is interesting. There are many different ways to learn. Many different people learn in so many different ways. I think um, something that has really struck me over the years is, although I had very good managers at those points when I became a tester, and we were having goals set at the time for objectives for quarterly objectives for quarterly bonuses that we were getting, there wasn't that drive to make those goals personal development improvements they're all very business focused you know we've got to get this project out the door or we've got to do this particular amount of automation there wasn't that drive for personal development it wasn't until i got a manager who really cared about personal development of his staff that i started to see that actually i can get some help here it's not all on me to try and drive this i've got a manager now that cares and points me in the right direction or listens to my thoughts and we work together on a plan and that's something that I've always tried going forward is personal development's important. I'll get some hints and suggestions from the person and then I'll help them point them in the right direction and, and build their development plan and then work with them and help them track it, not in a sort of micromanagement way, but track it in a way that I can help them to get over the hurdles they need to get over and, and see them through. And having that person really helped my self-development because I was motivated enough to go away and learn stuff. But at the point, I had all the information, but I couldn't concentrate it in the right direction. So I'd learned automation tools. I'd learned exploratory testing. I'd learned this, but I hadn't worked out how to apply it into a, a role. I, mm. I, I, and I needed someone that could help me pick and point what was the best bits to do at this point. And this is the occasion when you need to do this. And having that mentor and support really helped me push on. And then I was able to start, as Russell said, you know, you start getting involved in the community. You find out there's all these amazing people out out there that have got similar interests that have solved some of your problems that you're now having that you can work together to solve stuff together and grow from there until i got that 
that manager that really cared about my self-development, I did feel like I was learning stuff, but it was just going in and I weren't sure how to apply it. Do we have like examples of what motivated us once we actually understood what personal development was? Like where we've been motivated to get a promotion, where we've been motivated to give back, that's been mentioned already. Like, have you got any sort of examples of those sorts of things? Not sure I follow, Chris, sorry. It's a good question. <laughs> it's a brilliant question. So, so, so obviously, personal development, we, we, you want to be better. But yeah. is the reason that I'm doing my personal development to get a bonus, is my reason to get a personal development, to get a promotion, is my reason to get do personal development because I feel like I owe the community something because I've taken so much from them that now I feel I can give back. Do you have any examples yeah. of where that might have been? applied maybe any or all in your life so from my perspective my motivation originally was to be good at what i did there was nothing more complicated than that and as it progressed it was to be good at the things i enjoyed doing for leadership and things of that ilk because i enjoyed that and i had natural tendencies in that direction i think it's fair to say that's kind of what i guess drove me originally it was just simply i want to be the best i can be i want to learn and i know I don't know everything. It's one of the first things I learned. I don't know everything. So I can always learn. And I don't want to be the fool that stands up and says, ah, I'm the expert of this. I want to be the fool that listens and asks questions and is open and is encouraging of others to do the same sort of thing. I've had several conversations today with people saying, do something and get feedback on it. It's much better than procrastinating on it for six months. Learning is about kind of feedback loops. And sometimes it's hard. Simon mentioned, obviously, the blog post getting some sort of criticisms and things. It's never fun to get criticism, but it is one of the best ways of growing. I changed jobs partly recently to grow, to learn. Um, that's my most recent motivation for self-development is completely change my world around. And that's because I want to challenge myself. Growing does mean professional development in terms of career, not just skills. Well, I was going to echo Russell's things. I think that it is enthusiasm. I think it's also, for me, it's challenging myself into new areas. So I want to have interest. I recognise areas that I need to improve on and have this constant thirst for knowledge, basically, and try and improve myself. I think also it depends on the company as well. You know, sometimes in the past, companies haven't always had the money to be able to support personal development so therefore I've had to put money in myself in order to do that which sometimes isn't always easy however when companies do do that then it certainly helps with that. Moving into testing I got a lot of stick when I first made that decision to move from developer to testing basically because everyone was telling me you won't get to be a tester why you know development's where the money is why would you want to go into testing and at the time we were saving to get married I moved from development to testing nine months before we got married and I pretty much had every developer within the team going, what are you doing? You're going to earn less money. And I almost felt like there was a point to prove as well. So part of the motivation was, no, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to prove there's still a role for testing. I'm going to prove that there's, there's value in what we do. And I still feel like I'm doing that now. I still feel like I've got this chip on my shoulder that I'm proving that there is a place for testing. And that's part of the reason why I try and push myself to a point of screaming from the rooftops about how important testing is at every opportunity I can in every job I've had since to try and make sure that people see the value for me that's taken a lot of self-development because i've had to learn how to speak communicate present and also 
build up my testing skills enough that I feel confident in talking about it and, and explaining what I'm doing and then be able to use my self-development to train others as well. Trying to follow on from what you're saying is my personal development was kind of kick-started more. It was accelerated, like change gear, fast and furious style. When I found myself all of a sudden more responsible for other people, because now not only was I concerned with myself, but with others. So I started writing my blog pretty much at that point where I was discovering a lot of things and trying to learn a lot of things and was trying to put it into language, into, into a way that would fit in our context. I suddenly was so much more motivated to do the things. In the same way, I, I use the analogy of my family with these things. I didn't look after myself and my own nutrition particularly well when I was cooking for myself. But as soon as I had someone else to cook for, I took time, I put effort in. I looked for the nutritious foods, I looked for variety, I looked for what would be good for me, what would go well, and I would look for things at a proper, sensible time and sensible intervals in my life, as opposed to 3am with another bowl of crunchy nut cornflakes. That's kind of the same way it was structured when I started to become responsible for people. I did accelerate my own personal development because like we've all said there is so much that we don't know and there's a buttload of stuff to find out that is readily available and a lot of people who are really willing to engage and share with us with these things which is super exciting we all have our own stories to tell we all have our own contexts that mean that it is different but one of the skills of testing that we'll talk about in a future episode simon maker tester is that we have the ability to shift, to change, to mould ourselves into our environments and find the area that we needed most, seek out that little bit that hasn't been covered to make sure that is where we spend our time. If I'm working in a team and everyone is front-end focused, perhaps I'm going to feel compelled to go deeper. And conversely, the context I'm in now, it's very much back-end focused and therefore I'm so drawn to the front end, the UX, the UI type stuff. And I want to find more of that out now. And that is what's driving my personal development right now. Makes sense. You're trying to answer questions. You've seen a puzzle almost and you want to solve it. You've seen one aspect's already fairly well understood. So I'm trying to understand the second aspect. Is there anything you would do differently? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so many things I would do differently. But I think the main thing I've been trying to think about when I've looked on self-retrospectives and things like that is to try and not look back in regret but rather look back at failures and go well at least I tried that thing rather than I wish I tried that sort of thing I, I used to not have any confidence in trying something but now I would give it a go what's the worst that can happen I already look like a fool half the time I think one thing I've learned is there's been times where I've identified a gap and I've not pushed myself to go into that gap. And then that gap has ended up not being filled, as in the, the knowledge within the team. And I, I look back at it and think, if I'd have gone down that route then, or learned that part then, that could have helped the team, that could have helped us improve, that could have improved the product. So now I'm at a point where any gap I see, I want to dive down the rabbit hole and try and learn it all. And I've got to try and, as a leader, I need to not be always be the one that dives down that rabbit hole. I'm now in a place where I have to identify it and then, nudge my team in the right direction towards it mm -hmm. but yeah i definitely was at the point where i was identifying them but not doing anything about it they would have been 
development opportunities that I didn't take up at the time. So, yeah. I think we've all been there in identifying things and not taking the opportunities. But like Chris says, don't have regrets in doing that. Just see them that you won't make the same mistakes next time. Mm. And going forward, especially as leaders, is not necessarily our own personal development, but we should see potential in the people that we're managing. And so therefore we can encourage them to do their own personal development in order yeah. to fill the gaps rather than take on responsibility ourselves. I think that's possibly another episode where we talk Absolutely. about personal development from a leadership perspective towards our team. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. We've really enjoyed having the chat again. We're really grateful for you taking the time to listen to us and for those of you that have taken the time to give us feedback. We really appreciate it. If you want to give us any feedback at all, please seek us out on LinkedIn or Twitter. We're testing peers on both. Or contact us via email. Contact us at testingpeers.com. Please feel compelled to share with your friends and other casual workplace associates that you may have. And also, if you really, really, really like us, then please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash testingpeers. We've got a few tiers that you might think I'd like to support you guys. We would really appreciate that. That helps us keep our podcast hosted and available for people to listen to us in the future. Thank you very much. For now, it's goodbye from the testing peers. Goodbye. Goodbye.